Morning, everyone. Good. We're good to go. So, here we are. Been uh, thinking of water. Uh, don't want to get everybody thirsty and all head for the <laughs> water fountain. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, verses in the Bible, many verses in the Bible, about rivers of living water and referring to the, um, the Holy Spirit in most of it. It's talking about God's Spirit and how God's Spirit can help us or uh, bless us and bless us in abilities to do things. Just a moment, I'm getting. Uh, okay. I may have to forget about this. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I can figure out. No idea. Sorry about this. Uh, it's doing its own thing this morning. Uh, let's see if I can figure out how to close it. Would be helpful. Nope, it decided that it will not close neither. Um, let's see if I can get out of it. Nope, okay. Do anything you want to, but I want you to shut completely off. It will not allow it. Okay. Okay. Forget it. Okay. The wonders of science and, <laughs> and computerization. <laughs> okay. So what about the rivers of living water? Um, children of Israel uh, first came to water when they came out of Egypt. And it was bitter water. And they had to put a branch in the water in order to make it safe to use. And sweet water. Something special. So there's bad waters and there's good waters to talk about. Uh, there's names in the Bible that are interesting to look up sometimes. If you get into uh, like the Dead Sea the Salt Sea, the Sea of um, the Mediterranean, Mediterranean Sea. So there's good waters and there's bad waters that are named in the Bible. Some are oceans. Uh, they don't use the word ocean in the King James, but sea and uh, lakes and uh, lake of fire. Well, there's one, okay. <laughs> uh, it's not that one down the road here uh, between here and Johnny. Uh, but Brother Don uh, Nichols used to say that he had a special name for it. It was Lake of Fire. Or the fire, yeah, Lake of Fire, that's what it was. <laughs> there. there was another name for it, but uh, he liked to call it the Lake of Fire. Um, so uh, when we're looking at different lakes, we think of the Sea of Galilee, the sea, or sometimes it's called uh, um, the 
I'm not going to be able to see. Oh, there it is. Gennesaret, the lake, another name for the, uh, the lake of Galilee. One thing that that word brings to mind for me is the song called The Man from Galilee. Something like that is the name of it. It's been a long time ago since I heard that song. But that one touched my life, made a difference for me. The man from the Sea of Galilee, uh, or from Galilee. The River Jordan, you know, another water, water flowing. Um, John the Baptist comes to mind. People being baptized comes to mind. So these words have certain meanings to us. So so does work for spring, a spring of water. Uh, so turn with me to Isaiah. I think I have that in two places, so maybe I'll be lucky this morning. I mean, blessed. <laughs> um, yes, I'll use this one. The um, scripture text in Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says... Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wow. Now, did, did God do that? Is that recorded in the Bible? Has, it, has he done it? Well, actually, he has. Because when the children of Israel were traveling in the desert, and the first thing was they needed water. Well, they got a little, a little bit of help with water. But uh, they needed a whole lot more because they needed their cattle watered. They needed water for a million people, uh, plus the boys and girls and, and those that weren't counted in that million. Um, they needed a lot of water. If you remember Moses struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock, and water flowed out of there, enough to water all of those animals, all their sacrificing animals, all their regular cattle and milk cows and you name it, all the animals that they had, had to be fed and watered. God took care of the water flowing from this stream that came out of a rock. How big was a rock? Uh, actually not that big. It actually swelled. The water came more and more and more and more and more and more rather than just being a trickle coming out of uh, whatever, a thousand gallons a minute wouldn't do much, would it? <laughs> okay, so there was a lot of water coming out of that rock that God made, and it was multiplying as it was coming out. Uh, even food, we know, can multiply by handing it from one person to another when Jesus fed 5,000. Read that story about the little bit that they started with and how does it multiply that fast to feed 5,000. And 4,000 a different time, okay? Yeah, there is blessing. So this spring of water will flow out in even in a desert. It will have springs of living water. Uh, there's another one with the word S, springs. Uh, in Psalm 104, verse 10, he sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. So he, God does this. I wanted to get a specific verse last night and it didn't come to me the way I wanted it or I didn't remember it, right? Where the, um, the water will flow 
in the uh, in the uh, just a second, got to back up here and kind of catch up with myself. Um, the springs in the uh, in the wilderness and in the desert, the water that will flow from uh, the heavenly Father's advice and and gift. I was thinking of the one where God says the Bible says that the rain will come in the mountains or in the hills or the high ground and it'll run down in rivers. And then as it goes down the rivers, it goes into the ocean and the water is then lifted by steam, moisture, clouds, up, travels back and falls on the land. Again on the hills and runs down again, all the way down. Um, That I heard about in hydrology class as well for civil engineering, how much water runs down the hill when it rains an inch of water up there on those valley full of lots of land, thousands of acres of land, all gets an inch of water. How much will come running out of the bottom? (laughs) Um, So God can do those things. And we hear that in the scriptures about the springs into valleys, multiple valleys. And then... um, There's also a verse that says in Isaiah 49, verse 10, they shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. The heat nor sun. I thought that was the same thing. But anyway, from the heat of the ground, the heat of the desert sand, the heat that swells seemingly with moisture, humidity, I guess that's what it's talking about too nor the sun itself, smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them even by the springs of water shall he guide them. It's going to lead them there. It's kind of like, like when um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That, that kind of idea that God can lead them in the right path that will take him beside the springs of water coming out of the ground. Father-in-law used to drill wells with pipes vertically and he'd hit an aqueduct and up would come the water right flowing up out of the pipe. No pump on it, just comes flowing out of the ground. Amazing. Uh, God can do that. Um, One more verse on that idea. In John 4.14, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. This water will multiply itself. A well is is just usually stationary. You have to walk down in it in some of the big wells. You have to walk round and round and round to get down to where the water is, fill your container, and then walk up the hill to come out. Where I lived, you could throw a bucket down the well and pull it up with a rope. It's only about 20 feet down there. Ah, interesting. But God can make that water where it's needed. And the special water, if you never thirst, he's talking about something entirely different, isn't he? Well, I'm going to come back to this in just a moment. But let me go to another page here that I wanted. So I read to you the verses that I had hoped to have in front of me in a different size and shape. But here we go. So we read about water and the sermons about rivers of living water. 
There's a special verse in John 7, 38, and I want to read more there as well. But in this special verse, uh, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So water that he's talking about is something different and, and we're trying to catch up with it. Well, if we look up this verse and then try to find the scripture that he's referring to, that would take us a little time, right? But if we got a hold of that verse in John seven thirty-eight, and go back and find where it says that. But right now I want to read that John 7 and next door to it. <laughs> Uh, John 7.38. And I want to go on from there and talk about it a little bit. Uh, But this spake he of the Spirit. That's in verse 39. Okay, so he's told us about the water and about the rivers of flowing water. And then the Bible tells us in a bracket, but it's explaining what's going on. Because he spake, Jesus spake of the Spirit, God's Spirit, the heavenly power of God, which they that believe on him, on Jesus Christ, should believe, should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Got to take it easy when you're reading these and think through it. That's the end of the of the bracket or the um, piece that was kind of afterthought that was put in here. But we know it's not an afterthought when it's Bible and it's written in there from the author John talking about the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, and Jesus was talking about it because Jesus had not yet died; he had not been glorified; he had not been raised from the dead, and so on. There's a lot of things of Jesus had not yet happened. And this Holy Spirit was not given out until you get into the book of Acts. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait, and the Holy Spirit will be given unto you. Uh Uh-huh. That's all connected with this scripture. And then what happens here? Well, the paragraph break is, is marked in there, though we know in the original Greek and Hebrew there's no paragraphs. No periods and commas. Um, But the next verse says, Many of the people there, uh, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, of a truth, this is the prophet or the prophet. They knew about it. They knew about this prophet was coming. They knew that Jesus was coming. There's a lot of verses that tells or shows of different happenings that happened around the time of Jesus' birth that showed that he was the one. He was the Messiah. And they knew about it. When Jesus called his disciples, they already knew about it. And one ran to the other. He said, this is him. This is him. This is that Messiah that was to come. So this, they actually knew about it. There's there's really no problem. This is roughly 30 to 33 years after his birth. So you had 33 years or 30 years in here where people knew and were visiting with one another about this Messiah and then Jesus preaching for three and a half years. Um, They really did know that something different was going on. 
So uh, others said in verse 41, this is the Christ. Wow. Now that's a bold statement. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Now wait a minute. They said, okay, we know about Bethlehem. We know about this. They knew. They knew the scripture said that he came out of here and not there. And so they were challenging that this was, can't be the right Messiah because he's coming from the wrong direction, wrong city. Ah, but you got to read more in the chapter, right? <laughs> okay, here we go. We're down in verse 42. Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Taken him. This was going to grab him. They were going to haul him off where he didn't want to go. They were going to take him to court in front of the Sanhedrin and so on. This, this was a major grab in this verse. But nobody did it. They were afraid to lay hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said unto them, the Pharisees, the chief officers said to them, why have you not brought him? This was preconceived. This was a plan. You get on with it. You bring him. We're going to do this justice. And why haven't you brought him? In verse 46, and the officers answered, never man spake like this man. They're answering back to the authorities and saying, yeah, we, we didn't grab him because this man, never has there been a person like this speaking to the people. We, we couldn't grab him. Didn't want to take him. Then answered they to the Pharisees, are you also deceived? Is this man that's preaching, is he, he confused you? Meddled with your mind? Are you thinking he's somebody that he's not? Are you confused? Are you deceived? 48. Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed on him? Do you have any other famous people that you can say, yes, they believe in him, so therefore, that's, that's a question. But the people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus they go into, and, and so on, in the night came... And so Nicodemus is going to talk to them here and he says, Doth our law judge any man before he is heard? Knoweth what he, he doeth? He said, our, our courts don't work that way. You have to have him come in. We want to hear him ourselves before the council, before the court. We, we want to hear this man. And you think, well, yeah, something good's going to come out of this. But look at the next verse. They answered, this is the, the court that's already sitting there, the, the uh, Pharisees and rulers and so on that were there. And they answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Nicodemus, are you of Galilee? Have you been taken over by this guy? Search and look, for out of Galilee arises us no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. That verse even is funny that it's tacked on the end of the chapter because they just all of a sudden, okay, it's all over with for today. Let's go home. <laughs> no, 
No, that was be the time. That, oh, now we're all rallied up. Go and grab him. Go and get him. Bring him in here. This is all a God thing, isn't it? <laughs> the message got told. The repeated message saying, this is the right guy. There's enough of us here that can see something's different. Right? Well, all of these prophecies, I've told this before, I know, so some of you have heard this, but I, I, I get a bang out of it. If you have a policeman and he'll say, if you catch a guy and your fingerprints from the, from the damage that was done or murder or stealing or whatever, you get a fingerprint from there, you catch somebody, you got his fingerprints. There's nine points of similarity, you put the guy in jail and do justice. Because nine points of similarity on a fingerprint would have to be nine times, nine times, nine times, nine times to the ninth power before you'd have to start over with another man. Whether well, nine is enough to convict because it's going to be impossible to find another man that would match that because you'd have the area of the country, the culture of the person. How did they get there? How, the likelihood of them getting there. Uh, how many points can you find on Jesus, not just fingerprints? About 45. That Jesus is the right guy. He's the true one. 45 times 45 times 45. To the ninth power or to the 45th power. <laughs> uh, Jesus is the right guy. <laughs> Jesus is the one. So let me uh, go back here just a little bit to a uh, uh, thought on uh, the uh, Spirit flowing like water. Water illustrates the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, to Christians, we need to live, lead a Spirit-filled life through which God's love uh, can be shown and flow from us to other people. Like flowing water, it needs to flow from us to other people. Uh, we think of, even in our area, we've got the uh, uh, Mississippi River is a big one. And flowing into that's an Ohio River and the Arkansas River, the Missouri River, the Mississippi River, and I wrote down here, and the Red River and the Oklahoma River, There'd be all kinds of rivers that we could name are flowing, littler rivers are flowing into a bigger river, flowing into a bigger river, and then it flows down to the ocean, the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. That's, that multiplies the water, you get a lot more water. Guess if that was happening in our spiritual life. If the water that was flowing through us was going to somewhere else, which multiplied that and went from there to somewhere else, to another place, another place, flowing water representing the Holy Spirit's work flowing through people and making a brotherhood of people that are all pouring their growth, their spiritual growth, spiritual life to one another and developing and growing. We should do everything by prayer and supplication, giving thanks. Let our requests be made known before God. That's Philippians 4, verse 6. We need to make our requests known to the Heavenly Father that we want to grow, that we want to be in His will, doing His will, and things will start happening. That's an inflow of water by all these people praying together, working together in harmony. There'll be an outlet somewhere, say an outlet or outflow. Um, if it doesn't flow out, you end up with places like the Dead Sea, in the Bible maps, how about the Salt Lake City, Utah? The Salt Lake, there's no more water flowing out of it because it's drying up. 
It's going smaller and smaller. And the salty water is getting thicker and thicker. Okay, so we need an outflow uh, to give life to other people, other uh, activities of, of spiritual need. The river of life flowing flows through outlets for existence of keeping the cycle going. You might say incoming water, outgoing water. We need that happening. And I, I got carried away. Here's a, an idea here about the fruits of the Spirit. And um, I started looking up verses on the uh, rivers that flow in the Bible and the trees that are beside the river on each side. And they're making, um, tree, the trees are bearing fruit every month. And you get all this fruit on both sides of this water. Oh my, I really got excited about that one. And uh, I've got that here somewhere of where you'd find that. Just a second, I think I got it here. Uh, Ezekiel 47, 3 through 5 and verse 7 and verse 12. Uh, it talks about God's river that's flowing. This would take you a little bit of reading because it's most of that chapter and exciting chapter to read. Wow. I think there's another place where it says almost the same thing about the trees on each side of the river bearing food, fruit for, that's where? To, to the nations, yes, yes, that's written in there too. Yeah, I read that, that's to the nations. And one that I'd like to read too was where the water was coming, it's that one in 47, Ezekiel 47, where the, the angel took him and he measured out a thousand furlongs or such measure, um, a thousand, no, um, got the wrong word, um, cubits. And then he walked in the water that far and, and it, the water was up to his ankles. And then he walked so and so far and it was up to his knees. But I put in knee first and the Bible says, no, no, you're wrong there. And I had to have the S on the knees. <laughs> the water was up to the knees. And then they went out that distance again and the river could not be passed over or passed through. It's a river that they could not pass over. It was too deep. And then they took him back to the lip of the river or the border of the river, or the shore of the river. And then the story goes, you, you need to read this. this. This is great reading. So take a chance on that and look up Ezekiel 47, 47, and just read the whole chapter. It's, it's that good and it's just all in one place. That's a, quite the story. So do take a, a little time on that and I think you'll really enjoy that. But we know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against such there's no law. There's no, no restrictions on it. You can have all that you want. You can do all that you want in any of those categories. That's from Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. Then we think of an underflow of water, doing the above and below and left and right kind of idea. What's, uh, what's an underflow? Well, it's not that there's a lack of flow. It's actually a wrong kind of flow. My grandfather went into a, a river to save a man's life, to look for him, because he had gone in, probably drowned by the time they got people there to try to help. And uh, the water had come down the river and made a curve. And in that curve, there was a swirl. On the surface, you could barely tell that there was trouble there. 
to get underneath the water and you can't get away. You can't get out. Well, eventually he brought the dead guy to the water, to the surface. He had to make two or three dives to find him and, and bring him up. By then he's tired. And the other people were so afraid of a dead body, I guess, that they were almost not going to help him get out of the water. He almost drowned himself by going there. But eventually a couple of people with a rope and so on helped him get out. You know, so he lived. But that's the dangers of that swirling water. On the ocean shores, you can get a riptide, they call it, where the water seemingly is coming in nice and going back nicely. But you don't realize that if you get into that flow, it's actually flowing out from the shore. And if you get into that riptide, it'll flow in and flow out, flow in and flow out, and it'll take you further and further away. And you cannot swim against that stream. It's that strong. You've got to go parallel to the shore, go parallel until you kind of get away from the underflow, the riptide, get down a little, and then you can swim to the shore, no problem. Wow, watch out for dangers, I guess is the word, in some of this uh, watery stuff. You can't have tricks, you can have uh, problems with people bringing seemingly spiritual things to you, but it's actually a bad thing. So God's good thing, is that we have an underflow of the living water, the peace of God which passes all understanding. That's in uh, Philippians 4.7. Uh, the Bible still holds true. And if we hang in there, get right with God and, and get firm with God, we'll have a steady and faithful and sure way against the storms of this life and against the storms of, of uh, Satan that throws at us. Um, the storms can rage but God can save us through it all. God's word promises, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, another water word, like a flood. We know floods here, right? The spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, against the evil one. And that's in Isaiah 59, verse 19. Other verses in there too that you might want to read is verse 1, 2, 3, and 7, 8, 9, 19. Uh, in this Isaiah 58. And get that verse 13 and 14 for sure about that flowing water. Okay, a couple more words here. Uh, the outflow, or oil overflow, yes, overflow. Uh, the rivers like in the, the um, river of Egypt, the... Uh, uh, what's the word I want? The Jordan River had an, uh, had an overflow and the Nile River had an overflow. The Nile River would flow over its banks and then it would actually leave uh, sediments that were very valuable to growing crops. And it would go down and leave and the land was really good for crops. Well, the Jordan River did the same. And I think when they crossed the Jordan River, it was in one of those high water days and God made the Jordan River stand up on both sides, same as he'd done in Egypt. And the people crossed and they took stones out of the water, 12 stones, they carried them over there and they made a pile of those 12 and they wrote on there God's laws and God's ways on those stones. Interesting reading, very, very interesting to look up some of these things. So an overflow of water. Well, God can give us an overflow as well. He can flow through us and about us and it'll yield crops 
It'll yield a blessing for the Heavenly Father and save souls. So um, the Holy Spirit is spoken of this way, but this spake he, uh, Jesus, of the Spirit. That was in John seven thirty nine, when he was talking about the Spirit, the living water. This uh, overflow is a blessing to lives and warms hearts and revives people's spirits. Okay, one more idea. To overflow is attractive. Young and old, rich and poor, great and small, every one of God's children needs inflow from the Heavenly Father through prayer and so on. Outflow, so that it's going to other people, reaching them. An underflow for that protection, that uh, vibrant water, uh, living water. It has to be a moving water. And then the overflow from our hearts. The cup is full and running over. We used to sing that little song, right? My cup is full and running over. We need that. We need our cup full to overflow so that it can go to other people. And then we'll have living water in our life. May God bless you.